Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here, and I'm so, so thankful to be here with Logan Freeman. Logan, how are you, sir? Hey, energized, thriving, and focused today, Tyler. Dude, I like that. That's uh, yep. he's, he's got his three uh, adjectives. That's awesome, man. Every day. Um, I definitely want to, I want to dive into that because it sounds like there's, there's no accident there. There's some intentionality behind that. Yes. Uh, but I also want to welcome Elevate Nation back to the show because we're ready to take it to another level. I can feel that right now. And we always do that. But I want to welcome everybody back because our mission is to identify how the best of the best apply, you know, how they're raising the bar, you know, yeah. personally, professionally. Uh, to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And we say beyond because it's, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know what, we love real estate, we love everything about it for sure. But there's a lot more that goes into, you know, how to really elevate beyond, you know, a common life. And that's what we're here to talk about. And this is a masterclass. I mean, this is for leaders and those who are looking to achieve uncommon results and looking to elevate to a life without limits. And, you know, really, it's because if they have a purposeful outcome. Uh, you know, it, it really a lot of this stuff is about real estate investing, but it is about personal growth. It's about personal development, professional development. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you gave us a rating, you know, uh, give us a five star rating. If you're so inclined, a review would certainly be helpful as well. Subscription to our show. You know, we've been so blessed to really kind of, you know, achieve so much momentum thus far in the show. And yeah. uh, it's been great to appear on the top 200 business podcasts in the world. And I think it's because you know, we're leading with a giving heart. And it's it's so nice to have someone like Logan as well, who I can already kind of feel very quickly is like, you know what, he's here to serve. We talked yes. about that before we started the show. It's like, let's serve somebody today. So uh, I want to introduce you to Logan. And uh, we'll go ahead and dive in there. So Logan is a real estate investor, a developer and an agent who has found his niche in the industry acting as an investment property specialist, and actually representing buyers instead of sellers in the transactions process. Logan has also completed multiple joint venture projects, equity partnerships, and works as, as a developer. Completing over 120 transactions in less than a year, that's insane. I want to know about the systems. I want to know about the mindset. I want to know about everything beyond that. Logan has also found a process. You know, he's, he's really found a process and relies on his most valuable priorities to guide his profit-producing activities. He's also a husband, a father, to a brand new baby girl. Congratulations. Yeah, she's not so brand new anymore. She's nine months old, but you know, still I pretty mean, new. Time flies. I'm, I'm sure it feels <laughs> brand new as well. Uh, but he's located in Kansas City, Missouri and can be found at livefreeinvestments.com, which really speaks to me. Of course, that's exactly what we're talking about here at Elevate that's right. is about living free. So tell me more about Logan behind the bio. Yes. So, you know, I grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri, which for many of your guests probably don't know, but it's the capital of Missouri. And so it's a small community, uh, not a lot of uh, what I'll call the growth mindset in, in Jefferson City, Missouri, but a right. great place to grow up. You know, I mean, safe, it's the capital, a lot of stuff going on. So it was a great place to grow up. But, you know, I, I, I read a book. Um, it was a Dave Ramsey book when I was like 13 or 14 years old. And, you know, I wish it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad that I read at that age, but it wasn't for me. It was, hey, let's, let's start thinking about how to be financially, uh, just what I'll call financially educated. And so at the age of, the ripe age of 15, I went ahead and started a, a Roth IRA and had to have my mom actually sign on it because you couldn't even open one of those without her. Uh, but I, I actually had money to to max out my Roth IRA that first year from jobs that I have been doing since I was 13. And, and when I was 14, I said, mom, I want to get a job. She's like, okay, but I think that's illegal. You know, you can't really <laughs> work until you're 15 or 16 usually. So I went to my school. I had them write a letter that said, Logan can handle his sports, his academics, and he can work a certain amount of hours every single week. And I got a job, you know, I got a job at a catering business that was, just doing dishes, washing the floors. And on the weekends, I would bale hay. So in Missouri, you cut really tall grass and you put it on the back of a truck and then people sell it. So uh, it was not an easy job, but I had both of those jobs growing up. And that really put the, uh, the work ethic mentality into my, into my internal being, I would say. And that kind of 
started the the love for being able to provide for myself. I never say the love of of money because I am a a big Christian, Tyler. So I don't the obviously I understand that the love of money can be the root of all evil. But I had the love of what it brought. Uh, it brought the ability for me to spend time with my family, to pay for my schooling, to do different things. And, and I, I really earned uh, every single dollar being paid. Shoot, I think back in the day, it was four fifty an hour is what the minimum wage was. Wow. And so my every two weeks, get this, every two weeks, I would bring home 400 some dollars. And I thought I was just top of the world, you know, sure. but, I, but I used that money to buy my own vehicle to pay for some of my schooling. And that just, that mentality allowed me to value uh, what you work for. And I've taken that mindset and that work ethic to every new endeavor in my life. So maybe it was sports that got me a, a you know, a, a pretty decent scholarship to college, which then allowed me to be a captain of the football team, which then allowed me to go to the NFL and get cut from the Oakland Raiders, but also then just pick myself back up and reinvent myself again. I just, I've always been able to just put my nose to the grindstone and just figure things out. So that's a little bit about me, uh, where I came from and how, how I kind of landed here in Kansas City. That's a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, a couple of things that really stick out to me is that, you know, one thing was like, all right, there's definitely a distinction there. You were, you started investing at 15, you know, yep. in a Roth IRA. I mean, what, what other 15 year olds do you know that are looking to invest in a Roth, <laughs> you know, IRA, you know, they're looking for, you know, when, when they can get their first car and when they can, mm -hmm. you know, go out on a Friday night or whatever it may be. But then also I like the, the thought of, you know what, they're telling you, hey, you're 15 years old. There's there's child labor laws here. You can't do that. But you you found a way. And like one thing yep. that I've noticed as a pattern is that for the committed, there's always a way, right? There if you is. if you have identified something so early that you want to, you know, you've got this desire to provide for yourself. And it's not necessarily yeah. about the money, it's about the outcome. Exactly. And that's you know, you're talking about livefreeinvestments.com. I mean, that's the name of your company. And that's, that's right. what you you identified that so early. I mean, how were you, did you just love the work early or did you, um, you just had a desire to become something more? Yeah. What, what, what was that? I think we'll dive into that just quickly. So my mom worked two jobs to put us through private uh, Catholic schools, which I really respected. And I watched my father. My father was a great man um, from the, the standpoint of he loved his children. He loved his, his family, but he loved other things. Uh, more than that, unfortunately, and and drugs and alcohol were, were what he loved more than that. And so my dad's uh, birthday would have been his 63rd birthday yesterday. He was a Halloween baby, if you can believe that. Um, but so my dad, you know, he, he showed me, uh, I always tell people, he showed me the way that I should not live in some mm. facets. And so I think watching my mom work her tail off to provide for us three kids and then watching my father kind of lose everything that was really important to him actually in life at an early age I saw what really was was meaningful mm -hmm. and thank thank the Lord that I had great mentors every single step of the way that were doing things right that stepped in and played a big role in my life to say hey you need to clean your act up you need to stay in school you need to do this this and this and I was watching them live lives that I wanted to happy families, children that love them. And uh, from an early age, I said, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to have. So I think my big why and my motivating factor is to provide my family and my children uh, and to be the father that I never necessarily had for, for them. And so uh, that's what drives me every single day to try to live out as the best version of myself. Are you someone who is looking to seriously elevate your life this year? I mean, now, this year, 2020, because I want to let you know that I am currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And I want to invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I have to tell you, this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are defiantly committed, those who are decisive, those who are coachable, those who are resourceful. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to sacrifice time, energy, and invest resources into themselves to get to where they want to be, to live life at the highest level, and to elevate to a life without limits, exactly what we talked about on this show. 
If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Because I saw that so early on in my, in my life. So you were able to see like, all right, obviously you, you see what, you know, maybe a role model not to live up to. Yep. And then your mom was maybe on the other side. It was like your mom was a role model, the positive role model in your life to show you that, you know, through hard work, you can accomplish things. You can live a great life. And was that, was that a moment or was it the process of just kind of observing your father's behavior that said, you know what, I'm not going to live that path, but I'm also going to seek excellence. I'm also going to, you know, I'm not going to live this ordinary life, but I'm also, right. I'm definitely not going to go down the bad path. Was that the moment or was there other factors that were at play? Yeah, there was a, there was a few determining of what I call kind of decision points in my life. And, you know, one of them was just watching my mom sacrifice her social, her any, any activities that she wanted to do, she always put us children first, which was incredible to, to observe. I never really realized that, Tyler, until later in life, whenever I started diving back into, um, you know, when my wife and I got married, we went through our family histories and all of that. But I, it, that was one of the light bulb moments. But the big, you know, blaring moment in my life was, you know, when, my, when, I, when I got drafted by the Oakland Raiders to go play football, uh, sorry, I, I got picked up as an undrafted free agent to go play football. I want to make that clarification because my wife will listen and say, no, no, you didn't get drafted. You got picked <laughs> up as an undrafted free agent. So let me say, make sure that's, that's correct. But Keep when the I ego got, in check, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. She keeps me humble and I, I love her for that. So when I got cut, man, I had identified as an athlete for so long. I mean, for 20, 20 years, I had identified as an athlete and <laughs> That's what I put all my effort into. Well, when that's taken away from you, you have one of two choices. One, to just try to keep chasing a dream that isn't necessarily there for you, or to reinvent yourself and figure out what is it that you're actually meant to do on this, on this earth. And when people say, well, were you sad when you got cut? I wasn't. I was relieved. I was like, you know what? That's a sign that that's not where I was supposed to be. And so... That was the biggest, you know, probably the biggest one that I got hit in the face with uh, whenever I was like 23 years old. And it said, look, time to reinvent yourself and, and think about what your next move is. Uh, I was an offensive lineman as well. So during that period of time, I was, you know, at the NFL Combine, I was 335 pounds, um, bench pressed 225, 32 times there. So, I mean, I just, I, I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and so when that, when that, you know, happened. I also lost a hundred pounds. So I reinvented myself physically, which really started the manifestation internally that, Hey, if you desire to lose a hundred pounds to start your own company, you can start taking actions toward that to actually make that happen. And so when I got cut, I decided to go back and, and finish my master's degree at the university of central Missouri. And, uh, during that time is when I was losing all of that weight, but I didn't have a scholarship anymore. So I also didn't have any business experience. Uh, I had an undergrad in hotel and restaurant management, which was not what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I need to get a master's in business and I also need to make some money. So I found a job that was about an hour away from Warrensburg at the time. And essentially I had to drive an hour there and an hour back. So I'd wake up at 3.30 in the morning, work out, and then I would drive there work from eight to five, drive back to Warrensburg and go to school from six to nine every single night for six months. I, I did that. Um, and so I, I really had to focus on my, what I call now my most valuable priorities, which was making money. And that job, by the way, was making 265 cold calls a day to wow. educational um, data providers that were trying to sell to the K through 12 vendors. So nothing like that I ever wanted to do, but, uh, I, you know, I, what I you gotta do, though. sat down that chair, I put my headset on, I made 200 and I, I outsold everybody in three months and they knew I wasn't going to stay there, but they were going to milk it for what it was. Um, and so whenever I finished my master's degree that December, that was the second biggest turning point. I had secured a new position with Jimmy Johns as their uh, youngest franchise consultant that they had ever hired. So I essentially was going to have 25 stores in the Kansas City metro area that I was, I was in, in control of uh, from a franchise um, corporate relationship standpoint. Well, my dad showed up to move me out that December 
uh, with his truck. And my dad is six, six, two, 250 pounds strapping native American. And whenever he got to the stairs to go up to that apartment, he couldn't carry anything down or up the stairs to, to get it out. And I said, what's going on? And he's like, man, I just, I just don't feel real good. And, and uh, he kind of had a weird look on his face. I said, that's fine. Just stay down there. I'll bring everything down. So I literally moved myself out of my apartment and put it in my dad's truck. And uh, that was the last time that I, I really spent um, time with my dad that he wasn't either, uh, you know, basically in a coma or had a stroke, you know. So um, less than two weeks later, after Christmas, my father declined rapidly. He had liver cirrhosis and uh, that caused his bowels to shut down, which then he, he had a stroke and his mental capacity was uh, he couldn't move. And so then he was, his mental capacity was that of a, you know, of a, of a small, a small child, basically. Uh, he could still recognize people. And I think he had his memory, but he couldn't talk or anything. And I watched my father go from, you know, being able to hit a golf club from, you know, a golf ball, 300 and some yards to uh, lost 60 pounds in two weeks, couldn't talk, uh, never got to say goodbye to anybody. And then he died. And so mm. that day that I, I was supposed to leave for my franchise consulting job to Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was driving my car up there to go to, to work. My, I had delayed it three weeks for my dad. I was just waiting for him or two weeks. And on that day I said, and our father with him, I grabbed his hand and said, I got, I got to go. And I got a call from, I got a call from the facility. He was at six hours later that he had passed away. So that was the, then the next big decision point in my life that was like, Holy cow, life is fickle and it can go by like that, it's really time to start making every single moment matter. And so that drive from Warrensburg to Sweet Springs, Missouri, to make that, those calls, I listened to Lewis Howes, the School of Greatness, every single one of them back and forth. This was five, six years ago when podcasts were just kind of, it was like him and John Lee Dumas, you know, mm -hmm. those two yeah. guys were the podcasters. And that, that led me to this personal and professional growth um, you know, I guess this whole journey, which is kind of taking me where I'm at. So those are the two big, the big turning points in my life was when I was cut from the NFL and then I lost my father. Uh, that was, that was a big, big, um, awakening for me to, to really try to reinvent myself. Wow. That's amazing. And I really appreciate you sharing that story because sure. I know it's probably really tough to, to talk about because I mean, my gosh, I mean, no one would ever want that to happen to their father or anyone, no. you know, close to them. And so, I really want to honor you for that. But I also want to just kind of just dive a little bit on a couple of these things. What I'm hearing, you know, sure. really is that your identity was really kind of like turned on its head when you got cut as an NFL player. Yep. And at that point, like your whole life was mapped out in terms of that direction. And then life said, nope, not happening. You need to turn all the <laughs> way around. And, you know, I always go back to this a lot, you know, about like Tony Robbins says, is like life happens for you, not to you. Yes. And I would imagine that that moment happened for you and pushed you in a different direction, you know, allowed you the opportunity to commit in a different direction, whether it was for a master's degree, whether it was for, you know, committing to losing 100 pounds. Right. You know, and then the snowball effect of that. I mean, it's like a keystone habit of, you know, when you, when you get your weight under control and you get, you know, your health under control all these other things start happening. You start to be consistent in your phone calls and uh, right. you know what you were doing to earn money to be able to pay for your non-scholarship degree. I mean, mm -hmm. so it is really interesting. And I think it's a great reminder for Elevate Nation. It's like, all right, when you get knocked down, it's like, all right, what's the lesson here? What am I getting pushed to? What is life doing for me and not to me? Yes. And I think that's a, it's an amazing uh, reminder. And, and hopefully, you know, people can learn something from, you know, I'm sure you had some suffering in that at oh, that yeah. time. I mean, you, you were probably relieved because you're like, man, you know, there were some things deep down that you sort of knew that that wasn't the direction, but also there was a lot of suffering there. And I definitely want to say, I'm sure there was a ton of suffering, especially with uh, everything that happened with your dad. And yeah. so now kind of realizing that, well, life is short, you know, let's commit and let's do everything we can to create something great. So I'd love to fast forward uh, sure. just a little bit here to uh, sort of today, you know, um, what if, uh, give me an example of uh, how you've raised the bar recently in your business. And I know you're an outcome driven type of guy. So right. I'd love to kind of start there. Sure. So recently to, I always take at least one month at the end of the year to 
try to look at the business, see what worked, see what didn't work, and what I can also delegate. I'm the type of guy that I won't delegate something until I have proven that it works. And I think that that's actually a decent mindset to have because it sets your vendors up for success because you've already have a proven methodology that they can put some automation behind for you. And so uh, my big, uh, I guess, elevation for, for my business this year is to take all of this manual work and labor that I have been doing to produce properties and buyers and sellers and to put that on kind of autopilot. And so I am, I'm hiring a, a full service marketing firm to build out what I call my investor and my uh, buyer acquisition uh, system out. So uh, there's all of these different things on the social media platforms, but also content creation that I have been doing manually, as well as reaching out to individuals like yourself or on LinkedIn that I'm now able to put people in place that has my message. Uh, we do it in a way that feels authentic, but it still allows that to happen while I'm out producing what I need to be doing from, from, the, from the business standpoint as well. So working with this marketing firm and putting some automation, and I know that's like a buzzword, but, and I asked him, I said, I don't need buzzwords. I'm a straightforward guy. I just need to tell me what you're, you're actually doing. But there's an actual system out there that you can plug all of your newsletter, all of your social media, all of your content creation into it creates a schedule so you can do it once a month or twice a month whatever it is for you and then that pushes out at a, at a certain amount of time at a frequency that you you like instead of every day trying to get on your phone and, and post something I mean it's it's really hard you know mm -hmm. that especially Absolutely. when you're a full-time broker and um, you know syndicator or putting deals together that's really difficult to stay consistent on and so mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this investor acquisition system that I'm putting in place um, that uh, is is getting built for me right now with a firm here that's local to Kansas City. That's really exciting. And I think it's a, just a general reminder as well that, you know, to scale and to be successful in whatever you're doing, whether you're syndicating deals, whether you're yep. an active investor, whether you're a broker or whatever it may be, you've got to look at your systems yep. and you've got to look at your strategic plan as well. And you've got to make sure you integrate and incorporate everything. And you have to be realistic with yourself. I really like the thought of, yep. hey, look, let's sit down a month at the end of the year and say, all right, man, what worked, what didn't, because yeah. we have to be realistic. A lot didn't work, right? A Absolutely. Lot, we're spending our time in, in ways that's like, all right, well, you know what? We just really screwed up there. So um, that's really good, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. What are you getting better at saying no to with that with that in mind? Because obviously yeah. you're, you've said no to what you're just talking about in terms of, you know, the manual process, but I'm curious to know what else are you, have you learned that you've had to really kind of get better at saying no to? Yep, this is a tough one, and I think you'll really, you'll really feel this as well. But as a broker, um, I'm I'm getting better at saying no to transactions under a certain volume, and yep, yep. and that is not easy to do because, uh, like you said on my bio, I did 125 transactions. Right, I didn't do anything to build a business that year. It mm -hmm. was. 125 transactions. Um, yeah. So this year I, I said, okay, I'm no longer going to do that size of transactions. I'm going to work on this size of transactions. And um, do you, are you okay to share sales volumes? Is, is that okay? Sure. Well, let, let me That's just fine. say this. Yeah. I'll just say that, um, you know, we look at it from, you know, out of those 125 transactions, my volume was right around $12 million. So those were all small single family homes to smaller multifamily homes. This year I'll do about 16 to 20 transactions and be right at $30 million on the sales volume. Right. Right. So that's just, uh, that was a big, uh, you know, a big change in my business was to say, okay, you can still capture some referral business down here, but uh, your actions and your most of your time needs to be spent on transactions above a certain a certain threshold. And letting those go uh, has been the hardest thing that I have had to do this year, and that I've been getting better at at saying no to. That's that's the first one, and we can talk about that. The second thing is um, meetings. Uh, Tyler, I am a master networker. I spend a lot of time on that, but I have found a process to 
use Calendly in a 15 minute meeting first before I meet somebody mm. in person that allows me to tell them about what I'm doing, learn about what they're doing, and maybe I'm not the right person that they should actually be talking to. And so I, I, you know, I then refer them to a good client or a friend that I know that can help them. And we hold monthly meetings now to invite all of those people together so we can all get together. That has saved me. It has to be 20 to 30 hours a week. And I'm still building great relationships that way. That is so good. And, you know, it really serves other people to, to do that as well, because, you know, what if you're having a, an hour coffee meeting with somebody and they learn that also you're really not a fit for what they're looking to do. Right. We're, we're nice people. You know, you want to help people out. But at the end of the day, everyone's time is limited. So I think it's a respectful thing to do to yes. do that. I took some notes there, man. I like that. You got to do the uh, the 15 minutes. Uh, do a call, you know, before yep. you dive any deeper. That's a really practical tip and next step. Because most people, if you continue to elevate your life, you start to uh, attract these things. They yes. Just, they come to you left and right. And you've got to be able to develop systems to be able to handle that. Because otherwise, That's you're right. never going to get anything done. No. And, and I also, you know, the other thing too is like you have to... I like the thought of, you know what, we've, we've changed our criteria now. We only do business in this range. And it's not a disrespectful thing either. It's not. It's, you know what, this, this makes more sense for our business. We can serve our customers. We can serve our clients in a better capacity in this way. And you know what, you can still be taken care of in a great way this way. I also learned that, you know what, if you say no to a certain deal, you're, you're also serving that person. Because if you say yes, but what you really wanted to say is no, then you're yep. not going to do the best job there. So you're not. these are both two great practical tips. So tell it's me about build our team too, Tyler, because yep. there's newer brokers that are trying to get their transactions up and learn the process that I'm now mentoring. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I get to hand off all of these to them as well. And they are so grateful because a lot of them I'm taking away from, I'm not saying taking away, but I recruit really good talent away from good sales jobs and say, Hey guys, uh, why don't you come over and shadow me for a couple of days, see what I'm doing. Uh, and it helps their transition to get some this commercial real estate can take some time to get a business going and a sure. book of business. But if I can help these guys, it's serving their career change as well. And I've done that twice this year with individuals and those guys feel so, and I don't want them to, but they feel so indebted to me. And I'm just like, guys, no, no, no. You're yeah. helping me. You're helping me. Yeah. That's the business I would have lost without you. Right. But it's also serving them. And it's, it's been really, really helpful. And I've loved to watch that come for full circle. A, a rising tide lifts all ships. And, uh, and right. this goes back to the abundance mindset. You know, there's a scarcity mindset, and there's abundance mindset. And if you can help someone else, it ultimately helps you. But you know, you don't have to hold this in, you don't have to hold the opportunities right. in, you can share that and everyone can grow from that. So I think it's a great reminder. Absolutely. Talk to me about habits, man. What's the uh, what's the most important habit that you do every day that sets you up for success? I'm excited to talk about this because um, if your listeners haven't taken a, a strength finders test or some sort of a neogram or something, I probably said that wrong, but learning about yourself first is really, really important before you can, you can be successful out in the world. So self-awareness and self-management is really important, a component of emotional intelligence. So mm -hmm. I took the strength finders test and really dove into that thing. And I learned that um, discipline, focus, achiever, and competition were all in mind. But the one that was really interesting was individualism, which I can sit in a room and I can read people's body language and I can tailor what I'm saying or doing to help them feel more comfortable. And it's a great thing to have. But from a habit standpoint, this is not for everybody, but I started watching and listening and reading guys like Jocko Willink and David Goggins and uh, these individuals. And I noticed that they were all getting up at like 4 a.m. And I'm like, man, I've, I've always been like I, that one semester I did the 3.30 out of necessity. I literally mm -hmm. had to. But now I don't have to, but I still choose to because it is a habit of uh, discipline. It's a habit of allowing me to get ahead of what I'll call my competition and set my day up for success. So my morning routine is the best habit that I have implemented the last two years. And I use a journal system by Brendan Burchard, um, the high performance uh, habits journal. So I use his program and I have all of 
my journals right behind me, but I've, I first started with Darren Hardy's living your best year ever journal. And then I transitioned into Brendan Burchard's cause it was literally hour by hour. And so I wake up, uh, I take Wayne Dyer's, you know, Wayne Dyer was a spiritual writer way back when I take his mantra of saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the first thing that I do when I step out of bed and there's probably some Trevor McGregor in here too. I've talked to Trevor multiple times and, and, and read Tony Robbins books too. Uh, and then I, I go downstairs and um, I drink some water and then I get my scripture and my prayer in. So that's probably takes me a good hour or so. Break out the journal and I walk through uh, my day yesterday. So how, how was my day? And this journal has all these questions about your day yesterday. And then it has uh, set your day up. And so it, it's got, you know, morning mindset questions. It's got your top three goals your tasks that you need to do, and then it has a schedule. I also utilize that to write my affirmation down daily. And then also um, the way that I learn scripture and, and, and implement that is, is I actually take what I read and then I write a small section of, hey, what did that mean to you and how are you going to live that out today? And that, um, that paired with helping my, and then my baby and my wife are starting to get up. I help her get off to work take the baby to daycare and I, I head to the gym six days a week. So taking care of my, my health is, is that other one. So that whole morning routine is, uh, and I guard it on uh, my calendar. You can't yeah. reach me before 10 AM. Like that's just now my closest people can, but uh, you can't schedule stuff with me on before 10 AM because that's what I'm doing. And then I start the day uh, from 10 to six. It's, it's go time. That's what Elevate's all about is really you've got you've to treat yourself as a priority, right? Because, yep. you know, if you prioritize yourself, then you have the ability of, of serving other people, you know? I mean, it's, it's right. really, it's a basic thing, but I'm with you on that, man. The morning routine is, a, it's a huge thing. If you yeah. can get up before your competition, it's like one small little thing, but if it compounds and you compounding all these other things, whether it's spiritual or you're learning something right. or, you know, you're just planning. I mean, visualizing what your day is going to look like. It's amazing. You know, I was yes. reading a book and it's about, you know, your, your brain doesn't know the difference between doing and visualizing. And when That's you right. visualize something, when you plan it out, it's like you act it out. You just act it out. You know, the neuro, you know, mm -hmm. pathways have already been built. So I think it's fascinating. That's right. Uh, I, I love that. So what we're talking about is personal development. It's, it's, yes. it's investing in yourself with your attention. I'm curious beyond that, what else have you, what's, what's been the most important or worthwhile investment that you've made it in yourself in the past year? The most important investment that I've made in myself is hiring coaches. So, um, and I'll talk to this a little bit, you know, there was a uh, podcast that I recently did. It was very different. It was actually my old sales coach that was walking through my new business model and he was able to see blind spots in my business that I was spending way too much time on that I couldn't see because I was working in it so, so heavily. And so being able to hire somebody that can objectively look at what you're doing and to see, to show you your blind spots, because as smart as we all think we are, we don't see the world as it actually is. We see it through what Stephen Covey would talk about our paradigms. And you can trick yourself to believe just about anything. And so uh, hiring coaches from the sales standpoint, from this marketing standpoint, uh, and the biggest one this year, I, I've done a really great job on, I look at my life as a, like a circle on the wheel of life. There's spiritual, emotional, relational, you know, you, mm -hmm. you got, you know, this stuff, oh, yeah. your, your listeners probably understand, but the big one that I dropped off on this year when my wife was pregnant and, and eating whatever she wanted, she's 130 pounds soaking wet. She can eat whatever <laughs> she wants, especially when she was pregnant. And I did the same. And I just, I looked, I, you know, everybody's, Tony talks about, everybody's got this, that no more, this is it. That's the moment that you say, that's it. When I hit a weight that I had been playing football at in college as a left tackle, I said, nope, it's time. And so I, I didn't want to do this but I hired a physical trainer to keep me accountable. Like awesome. I have no problem getting to the gym, but knowing that every Monday morning, he's going to weigh me in. We're going to talk about my food or, and then he's going to put me through a workout that I would never do by myself yeah. as, and I've only been doing that for a month, but I would say this last month, I feel stronger. I feel better about myself and I feel like I'm in control of that part of my life. So mm -hmm. hiring 
coaches and putting, because I value, and I think everybody values that of which they pay for. And so yeah. um, always having somebody that I'm paying for or working with to help me elevate to the next level is extremely important. And I'm always going to continue to do that. Yeah, I, I want to highlight one quick thing on there is you talked about the wheel of life. Um, yes. You know, that's that's a really good one. Because if you look at the different areas of your life, it's like, all right, how am I doing in my career? How am I doing yep. in finances? How am I doing in my health? How am I doing in my relationships? How am I doing in my spirituality? Right. Now, I might be missing one or two here. But if you look at it and you rate it one to 10, and you kind of you you, you bring out your, your circle there on each sort of category. And if you look at it, it's like, all right, the wheel cannot turn if you know you've got three of these that are at a three and then you got one that's at an eight or whatever it may be. It's going to be a, a very bumpy ride. And, and the right. thought is your life is going to be a very bumpy ride if you can't seek you know, some sort of balance in some ways. Totally. And I know a lot of people say, hey, you're always out of balance in, in some way in your life. And I, I, I totally agree with that. But you want to look at these different areas. You cannot neglect uh, yes. certain parts of your life, you know, certainly we want to, we want to be wealthy, you know, we want to create great cash flow. We want to sure. create all these different opportunities, but you know, you can't let your health go. You can't do That's these other things. Right. And how do you get there? Right. You invest in coaching, you invest in expertise, you invest in That's resources, right. systems. So um, that's all, that's amazing. So we're talking good stuff, right? We're talking all the, yeah. all the wins, you know, obviously you're, you're course correcting. I, I love the thought of course correcting on your health. You know, it's like, Hey, you know yeah. what? I just recognize line in the sand drawn. Now let's take this step towards physical trainer. Uh, but tell me, you know, what's talk to me about a failure that you've experienced. That's been something that really kind of stopped you in your tracks as well. That yep. then also sets you up potentially for later success. This year, a failure that I have, I have recognized. And thankfully I have an accountability call with a, another high performer every single week. We've done that the last five years of our lives. And uh, he helps me also see things that I'm not doing correctly. But the biggest one was, Tyler, I was tying my self-worth to outcomes. Mm-hmm. I heard you even say earlier on the on the podcast or on the interview, you're an outcome-driven guy. And yep. yes, I yep. very much am. But up until about two months ago, I was tying my self-worth to outcomes. And there's a lot of things that I can't control in this business, in this world, and I feel like I, I was feeling like I needed to. And if something didn't work out, oh, geez, I'm not as good as I really thought I was. But then guess what? The next day, I was back on the roller coaster because something else happened that right. I didn't control. So the biggest failure was probably the first 10 months of this year. I really struggled with um, you know, fear, so false emotions appearing real, yes. uh, and anxiety around um, these outcomes that uh, were then driving my self-worth. And emotionally, that is not a place that you should be in. And if anybody's self-aware, is it's me. I have a very high emotional intelligence, but and I can control it. But my wife would always say, man, you know, you're it was a light bulb moment when she said, you feel, I feel like you're stressed out all the time, even though you're not mm-hmm. like physically showing it because I don't. Um, she goes, I can tell you that you are. And I was like, no, 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 you're wrong. I'm, I'm fine. I'm handling all of this. And then I realized one day that there was all these transactions that were one day was great. The other was bad. One day was great. The other was bad. And I would feel different on each one of those days yes. to the point now where I'm really trying to objectively watch myself and say, Logan, you do the best version of yourself or live as the best version of yourself. And I have John Wooden's book here. His definition of success is something along the lines of the self-satisfaction, knowing that you did the best that you were capable of doing. And that has helped me say, okay, well, I'm doing the best that I can here. I'm going to give it 115%. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out, but I'm not going to be affected one way or the other. That's really hard. It's complete at the theoretical level. It's really difficult to, to actually be effective at the applied level. For so sure. that's been the biggest failure probably of this year. That's a really, really good answer because I know so many people can relate to that. I know I can for sure relate to that. It's like, I'm totally like, you know, I find myself, my happiness and my my well-being tied to outcomes. It's like, well, sure. I can totally relate to that too. It's like on a deal, you know, bad deals are happy or, Absolutely. you know, you have a great day, some great things happen. And then the next day 
it's totally the opposite. That's the nature of real estate. It is a roller coaster type it is. of business. Um, but tying yourself to that outcome, you know, your, your happiness and your self-worth is, it's a very dangerous game, Absolutely uh, you know, because there's a lot of things out of your control. Um, but you know what? I, I heard this quote recently um, by Naval Ravikant, and I, I may be butchering the, the pronunciation of his name, but such a wise man. And he, this really stuck out to me. Somebody asked me, would you rather be patient or impatient? And, you know, I said, well, you know, maybe impatiently patient was my thought. And it's like, I thought that was a pretty good answer. I was pretty proud of that. But what he said, and this was totally not tied to the conversation I was having with the person who asked mm-hmm. me this question, they said, he said, you should have impatience with actions, but patience with results. Yeah. And I really love that because it's like, That's you know what, really you don't, good. you can control the controllables, you know, you don't have to really, you know, necessarily say, well, you know what, every single day, I'm just going to allow my happiness and my well being be based on some of these out, you know, exterior forces. So um, I, I really, I really, really, really like that. And I love the, the thought of, you know, success is really, you know, really doing the best that you're capable of, you know, control yeah. what you can do, you know, performing at the best that you can. So that's really, really good, man. Uh, tell me, man, Logan, what, what is the driving force behind what you do? Well, I think we touched on it just a little bit earlier, but it's, it's really, um, I've, I feel like in my life, my short life that I've been able to see somebody come full circle of, they had everything. They had a beautiful wife. They had three children. They had a job there. Everything was moving in the right direction and a few decisions compounded, you know, continually affected their life um, eternally, I guess would be the word to say that. And so the driving force for me is through my faith, I want to try to help as many people as I can get to what I believe is heaven. And so, and the only way I can do that is to, um, St. Francis said, you know, you need to pray always and whenever, whenever you need to speak right? Or something along that lines. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to live a life that will impact others through the actions that I take and the consistency that I provide to people. And to me, the driving force is every single day just to be not even a percent better, but a a tenth of a percent better because um, I want to enjoy this life to the fullest. And I want to give back to the people that don't have what I I've been blessed with, and there's a lot of them out there. And so uh, to be able to be in a position right now, in the next five years, in the next 10 years, to continually give back to people in different capacities, every single chapter of life, but continually doing that, I'm going to have, you know, we're a big Catholic family, so I'm going to have as many kids as I, as I possibly can, you know, and hopefully each one of those little kids will, will be able to adopt that mentality. And I believe, I do, I'm not a, I'm not a believer that you can't have an impact in this world. I'm a believer of that butterfly effect that Peter Diamandis and Tony talk about where it's just like that little ripple, you know, where you, you start one thing and it just ripples over to the other people and, and they see you doing that. And, and then you can create, that's the only way we're going to change this world is, is to create better people. And um, the only way to do that is by the way that you live your life. And so I'm very motivated by um, not accepting the social the political norms of what we, you know, of what we have in this world right now Mm -hmm. that people are saying, it's okay, just do this, this, and this live for the moment. And, you know, what is it? uh, What are those, you know, those sayings are, uh, there used to be a saying back in the day is like live, live for the moment or something. It was catchy. I can't remember it. I'm showing my age now, but uh, anyways, it was, I I don't, I don't agree with that. I I agree that my mentality is that um, if you can delay gratification now, live out a great life, you're going to have so much more joy than actual just instant gratification and happiness. That's huge. That is huge. That's profound. You know, that's what Elevate is all about. Again, I've said it a few times is, you know, if you can develop, you know, your your practical capacities within real estate, right? You know, real estate can provide so many great things. And and we don't really talk about a lot of the technical aspects because look, you can get yep. anything you want. You need that. You you need the information that's out there. What we're talking about is psychology. What we're talking that's about right. is mindset. What we're talking about is, you know, how you get after it every single day and with purpose, right? 
and what you're talking about, you know, we have a duty as Elevate Nation to really bring this to the masses because most people are just living that average life. You know, they're not willing to do what it takes, but they're also they don't really realize what's on the other side of that fear, that discomfort, that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that un- uncertainty. And so I really appreciate you bringing that up. I want to transition now into our uh, rapid fire section we call rare air questionnaire. Awesome. And the reason why we call it that elevate nation knows is because we're scaling the mountaintop and most people gave up, you know, most people, yep. you know, it really wasn't that hard to breathe back there, but they, they couldn't, and they didn't want to go through any further discomfort, but we didn't give up. We continue to push through. That's so right. Logan, I'd love to know what is the most impactful book that you've ever read and why? Yeah, it, it has to be the Bible, Tyler, every single personal and professional development mantra, whatever it's there. I mean, so true. it is there. It is, I have to, I've always tried to tie it back to one, one book. Who was it? Was it Jim Rohn or was it, was it uh, Napoleon Hill? No, it was Jesus Christ. So, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's the book that has every single day impacts me more than anything else. You know, what's amazing is like, I actually didn't realize that until later in my life that, that that's, that is true. You know, like uh, Rick Warren is a, Oh yeah. Love the purpose driven life. Oh my gosh. It's all, it's all personal development stuff, but it's tied into Christianity. It's pretty interesting. Actually, I I never really recognized that, but that's, that's, that's really awesome. Uh, What's the biggest way? I mean, we've talked about so many different things, maybe perhaps a little bit different than what we've talked about. Uh, What is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis outside of some of the things that we've already talked about? It would, it would be, um, it would be taking the time to really listen. And what I mean by that is my wife is always saying, you're such a good listener. And I'm like, no, I'm not really. I just don't talk as much as you, you do sometimes. <laughs> um, but just even when I'm in, a, I'm, I'm late for a meeting or I, which I'm never late, but if I need to get somewhere, need to do something and somebody's coming to me or has something going on, if I just sit with them for five, 10 minutes uh, and just listen, and impact them and create what I call a holy moment right then and there. Um, it's very difficult to do because we all have our own agendas every single day. But just trying to do that once or twice a day is a um, is an incredible way that people can can try to give back and how I try to impact others. I love it, man. Um, you you already kind of took uh, my last question here, which is how do you best elevate others around you? And I think yeah. that your answer to the previous question is about listening. And it's mm-hmm. like, you help yourself when you listen as well. Would you say, would that be your answer to how, what, what's the best way that you elevate others around you as well? I would actually say, tell I challenge people. I challenge mm-hmm. people um, to walk the walk and not talk the talk. And, and it's because my wife challenges me mm-hmm. every single day. I think that, you know, that mantra behind every great man, there's a better woman is probably true uh, mm-hmm. to a lot, to a big extent. But, um, you know, I challenge people to think differently. I don't just go along with, oh, well, I just don't have time for that. I'm like, no, you just don't make time for that. And people yep. are like, wait, what? <laughs> and and uh, I do it in a way that I use humor, but it's these little acts of defiance towards, especially people that are kind of maybe above you. Mm-hmm. Um, that they start to really actually take you seriously and um, and respect you. And so I never do it in a way of that's, you know, demanding of the person or makes them feel demeaning by any means. But I also don't accept when they are just saying something that they may be heard or, um, you know, or, or just believe that might not be true. Um, and uh, I also have a no gossip like uh, there's a no gossip policy um, in my business, in my life, in my family, with my sisters, with my mom, with my wife. You know, when you marry, there's a whole lot of stuff that has to happen. And girls like to talk a lot. And when there's nobody there to defend themselves, I'm like, hey, just make sure that whatever you say right now, you would say to that person if they were right here. And the conversation usually, uh, and people, you know, know that I'm going to do that. But I try to to do it in a fun kind of, you know, humorous way. But I, again, it's, it's challenging people to think differently and just kind of planting those little seeds with people in the right way um, has, I think, had a big impact on people. And that's, that's one of the things that I also try to do. 
I really like the the thought of challenging people to walk the walk because, you know, one of the things that we talk about here really kind of at the end of the show is like, you know, it's like, yes, I hope you took notes, but you've got to apply what you learned, you know, immediately. And like, that's what, like you're talking about is you got to challenge people to walk the walk because if you just consume, you just, Hey, I know all the answers, but you're not doing them. You know, nope. if you're not doing them, then it's not really going to help you. That's right. And um, also I think it's respectful to, you know, kind of challenge people to yeah. kind of step into phrases like, Hey, look, you said that you don't have time for this, but you're actually not making time for it. And look, I yep. think it's going to help you more for me to have this uncomfortable conversation yeah. than for me to avoid it and just say, yeah, you're doing great and everything's good. You know, it's a, it's a really great reminder. And one other nugget that I got from that was no gossip policy, whether it's, you know, your own policy specifically on that particular item or yep. just developing your own set of policies, you know, whether sure. it's like, Hey, exactly. this is how I govern myself, but this is also how my, my company operates, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a core values or we have our you know core policies or my Absolutely. family operates this way. I think it's a great, great, great reminder. Great tip. And Logan, it's been a lot of fun, my man. Yeah. Uh, I've had I, a blast. Yeah. I appreciate you, uh, you coming on here and, uh, how can elevate nation stay in, uh, stay connected with you? Yeah. Livefreeinvestments.com. I'm on all the social mediums. So you can, you can, it's all live free investments. So happy to connect with anybody that way. Yeah. And we'll put links to, uh, to Logan's, uh, you know, social media handles as well as his uh, website here. And, um, you know, he's got a, a free negotiation one pager on his website. If you want to take a look at that. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I love the, I love the finishing up here. Be great. Nothing else pays. Uh, is really, really great. And it's so true. I mean, you've got to be, if you want to have great results, you have to have extraordinary, you know, output. And that's so right. that's one level above. So you've got to always be pushing those limits. And and I know we did that today. And so, you know, the, you've got to, you know, listen, you've got to rewind, you got to play this thing again, because repetition is key. That's right. But it's all about applying. I mean, I just said that just a minute ago, it's all about what did you learn, put this implement it immediately, take massive action. And share this with a friend. I mean, you can go and have this conversation with someone else. You're going to learn it more. You're going to learn yeah. it yourself. You're going to help them. And it's going to impact the world. It's, a, you know, this compound effect. So uh, at any rate, Logan, thank you so much again thank for you. being here, man. It was so much fun. I've had a blast, Tyler. All right, man. Until next time, Elevate Nation, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.